It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to Higher Ground with Chris Warren. I found my way back to a higher ground. Yeah, I just want to feel alive with you. Yes, and great to have your company. Welcome to Higher Ground and uh, Friday night, isn't it good? Hey, Friday night, we're on the, uh, on the eve of the weekend and what gorgeous weather we've had in Sydney. Uh, I don't know what it's like over the weekend. I think it's not going to be so crash hot. So uh, if you made the most of it today, well done to you. Um, but just beautiful conditions, muggy and stinky. And I've still got my, my gas heater in, in my living room, would you believe it or not? I think it's time it can go uh, up to the shed. But you just never know. You never know in this city. Weather can change in an instant. Um, so welcome to Higher Ground. Come on up, join us. Uh, pull up a stool. Get comfy, uh, grab a drink, and, and join the conversation. Um, you go. We've got how many? We got in tonight. Twenty up there in the live studio audience. They're here with us for the uh, our pleasure and great. Thank you for coming in. Uh, they- Davo's up there as well, uh, being as rowdy as ever. We're only here for two uh, two hours tonight. We're with you through until nine o'clock. A huge weekend of sport coming up. A huge weekend. I sound like Daryl Eastlake. God bless him, don't I? Um, dropping in the huge. But uh, racing tomorrow in Sydney and in Melbourne. Derby Day. Some people just love Derby Day even more than Melbourne Cup Day. Four Group 1s down there. Uh, we'll preview that a bit later on. Plus the Golden Eagle. Um, Peter Vlani just keeps coming up with the cash, doesn't he? Seven and a half big ones. Seven and a half million in prize money for that. And I think about ten and a half million dollars in prize money all up at Rose Hill Gardens uh, tomorrow. But uh, your chance to be a part of the show, if you'd like to have a natter and maybe even um, help start the topics of conversation, you can do that. There's space on the open line now. In fact, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. You might have a special. You might have a moral for tomorrow. Um, or you can drop us a text if you want. If you don't want to pick up the phone, you can drop us a text. 0457 736 736 is that text line. Now, one topic I do want to throw out there, and I know it's been going on for weeks and weeks now, but jab or no jab? Jab or no jab? I'm, I'm fed up with, with reading about the problems that NRL clubs are going to have to have and deal with over the coming months. You've seen what's happened with the AFL. So across the board, AFL, and I will we'll say this, they were strong enough um, to make a, a mandate. Vaccination, no vax, no play. Right across the board, the governing body um, was on the front foot with that. And I've got to applaud the AFL for doing that. Now, I might not be right across it as well as I should be with this. So if, if you're listening and, and I make a mistake or you can enlighten me, or our other listeners as, as to what's going on, feel free to pick up the phone or, or even drop me a text. Um, I just don't really get it. The NRL, in my opinion, has created a real dilemma for itself and its clubs 
for refusing to mandate the vaccination against COVID-19. I don't see how non-vaxxed players are going to be able to properly fulfil their contracts with their clubs. So take Melbourne Storm's Nelson Asifa-Solomona, for example, right? He's one such player. He's not vaxxed. And therefore, under Victorian health orders, he's not allowed to access his team's home ground, Amy Park. How's that going to work? But I see if clubs do choose... And, and I believe the ARL Commission or the NRL and um, Abdo and Co, they had a phone hookup yesterday with all the clubs. I, the way I'm reading it, if clubs do choose to try and terminate a player's contract because he can't fulfil his, his duties under that contract, well, the NRL has basically said, and I'm paraphrasing, and again, if, if, I'm, if I'm wrong here, pick the phone up and ring me. But I think the governing body is basically saying to NRL club, it, it's clubs, you're on your own with that one. Okay, we are not going to mandate players have to be vaccinated across the board. So when you then find the problems at your club with a player who basically can't fulfil the contract he signed with your club, we're going to leave that one to you to deal with. You get your own legal advice. You want to sack a player? Well, that's up to you, but you've got to get your own legal advice. Uh, legal advice. It's not for us to deal with. I mean... It would have been so much easier if the governing body had just said, righto, this is it. I'm sorry. The world has changed so much. It might not sound fair, but you know what? Neither is telling me I can't go to my local pub without being double vaxxed. Is that fair? It's not, but I've got to play by the rules as you do at home. I really think the NRL have missed a, missed a shot on this one. And Peter Volandis love the guy and what a leader he is, but you know. I just think it should be no jab, no play across the board, and we won't have all these problems. How are clubs, and I applaud Canterbury too, by the way, for, for staying solid and sticking solid there, and, and they're saying no jab, no play. But I just don't get it. I think the NRL is just, on one hand, saying we're not going to show the, I was going to say the, the balls, to mandate vaccination, but then when you've got problems because your players can't honour their contracts... Well, we don't want anything to do with that. That's mm. up to you. And the mad Russian, by the way, is with me in the house. Um, I just think it's a, opening a can of worms and we're going to have so many problems. Look, I know it's only a minority of players that you know, are choosing not to be vaxxed. But I, gee, I, wish, I just wish it was across the board. What say you at home? You might have your thoughts on it as well. I might be off the, off the planet. I may have read it wrong. That's the way I'm seeing it. They're saying we won't make it compulsory vaccination. But on the other hand, we're also saying, and when you have dramas with workplace contracts and employment law, oh, that's up to you. You guys go and deal with that. I don't know. Uh, plenty of cricket around as well. We'll talk a fair bit about that. Well done to the Aussies um, last night. Okay, hands up. Hands up. Be honest. You guys up there as well. If you stayed up all night and watched Australia v Sri Lanka in the T20 World Cup. Any? No. Didn't think so. And I don't blame you either. I mean, it's a bugger of a time, isn't it? It really is. Uh, 1 a.m. start, and our next game against England will also be 1 a.m. start Sunday morning. Uh, but well done to our boys. A really convincing, what was it, seven-wicket win against Sri Lanka, uh, tracing down their six, uh, chasing down six for 154, and uh, we did it with the three overs to spare. And great to see Davey Warner back to his rampaging best, 65 off 42, 10 boundaries. He did get a life, though, didn't he, on about 16 or 18. Captain Aaron Finch, again, bit of heat on him, 37 off 23, and... Um, 
uh, rapid 70-run opening partnership. Player of the match, Adam Zampa, two for 12 of four overs. What's that? Three and over in T20 cricket? Unheard of. Um, well done to him. Mitchell Stark, two for 27. Uh, they did create a, a match-turning collapse of, of four for 16 in 16 balls. Um, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number. We've got someone on there. Now, just before I get to the open line, uh, next up for us, early hours Sunday morning, top of the group clash against England. They're also two from two. Um, and the Poms, I think they are favourites to win that one on Sunday. They are the world's number one ranked T20 side. And they have made two bold statements. Skittling, defending champs, the West Indies for 50 runs or something. And um, hammered Bangladesh by eight wickets with um, a stack of overs uh, remaining. You might like to have a chat about that. You might like to have a chat about Vax or no Vax. Um, well, Djokovic, yeah, bring Novak's Djokovic into the equation as well. Reptile's on the line. Happy Friday, Reptile. Happy Friday, Chris. How are you, mate? Doing my best, my friend. Doing my best. Mate, I want to get your opinion on this uh, Nelson Solomona because not getting back from the players, not getting back. I think this might even be a tricky play by the the managers to get him out of a... He's obviously on unders at Melbourne. Mm. Get him out of this contract. Get him signed at another place. Uh, yeah, he'll get back, say, for an extra 200. Yeah. <laughs> get him signed and... Bang, all of a sudden, Nelson's getting the vax. All of a sudden, oh, no, I've seen the error of my ways. I'll get the vax. Well, Don't tell me Nelson's on his back dollar. No, and uh, you're you're the forever conspiracy theorist, aren't you, Reptile? I like, well, look, what you're saying, it has got a bit of merit to it. I don't know, and only time will tell. uh, But he is one of those players, I'm sure, isn't he? Off contract uh, and able to chat as of Monday, I believe. Nelson is so for Solomona. Um, he's still got a few years to give, hasn't he? Has he earned um, his top dollar yet? Probably not. Maybe so. Don't know. Um, but you're right, mate. Thanks for the call, Reptile. Um, enjoy your weekend of sport. Hey, let ask you too. Did you stay up and watch the cricket? No, but I'm very happy for Warner. I'm a big Warner fan, always have been. Um, I think he, he'll go good. He's a big game player. But I wanted to... People think maybe after this he gives up the T20 and focus on one day, which is his best, and probably test because we need him for the Ashes for sure. And where are you, Reptile, on the Vax or no Vax? Oh, Vax, I'm fully Vaxed. All our kids are Vaxed, um, except the eight-year-old because you can't give him. But, mm. but, you know, like, I, I don't understand. It's just get it done. Yeah, It's just simple. Thanks, buddy. Enjoy your weekend, Reptile. He's a friend of the show, friend of the program, friend of the station. This is Higher Ground with me, Chris Warren. Feel free to pick up the phone and have your say. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, Or you can drop us a text 0457 736 736. And uh, we're not going to turn this into a, you know, a couple of a political uh, show by any stretch. It's coming up to quarter past seven because you know what? I hate politics. I stay away from it as, as often as I can. And I certainly don't like when politics um, and sport merge into one. But just read the Vax or no Vax. I mean, it's, it's no jab, no play in my opinion. And I might be being a bit harsh on the ARL or the NRL. I just, I like what the AFL have done and they will have fewer problems. I mean, what did their players do? Did they all arc up? Did they say, hang on, you can't tell us what to do? I haven't heard of any such problems. It's all seems to be smooth sailing. They're saying, righto, well, these are the rules. Fine. Okay. And I tell you what, if I was on a million dollars or $600,000 or whatever, $100,000, and it meant that I had to have a couple of jabs to, to fulfil my contracts, uh, 
well, I'd be jab me. I'd be a bloody pin cushion. That's what I would be. Look, maybe I maybe I've missed the point here somewhere. And if I have, feel free to jump on the phone and and set me straight and say, Chris, this is what you're missing. Um, I'm, you know, this is what it's all about too. Um, the open line is there for you. It's an open show, open forum, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. If I am missing something, please highlight it. Bring it to my attention um, because I don't profess to be. Um, as you know, as knowledgeable as some are on all of this, you know, I'm only reading the papers and doing my best to stay across it. But uh, I just don't, I don't get it. Um, how can the AFL do it, but the NRL is too scared to do it? Mm. Worried about the legal minefield that might be associated or come down the track with employment law and that sort of thing? Is that what they're guarding against? I think it is. I think it is because uh, they're saying to the clubs. Uh, look, you can do what you want with your players if they're not vaxxed and you want to terminate their contract or modify their contract because they can only play in 12 games a season. You can go and do that, but you seek your own employment law advice before you do it. I would have thought the ARL would have said, well, hang on, we've created this problem for you because we didn't have the cahoons uh, to mandate vax. Um, we'll, we'll help you with those problems. We'll sort those problems out. Anyway, as I say... Uh, I don't want to dwell on it too much, but if if I am missing a missing a point, please uh, feel free to bring it to my attention. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Chris Warren with you up until nine o'clock. The Mad Russian is in the house as well, um, and they're very quiet up there at the moment. Uh, did Hutchie leave a couple of drinks vouchers tonight for the live studio audience? Uh, I may have forgotten to pick them up. I was a bit. Oh. Cro- I was but a they bit, won't um, be happy with that. Bit, did um, you get your drink? <laughs> I was a bit um, busy today, Chris. So, uh, there were other things on my plate. Yeah, you tell them got, that. Well, tell them got, that. We've got T20 cricket coming up after this, so I was preparing for that as well. And it's, yes, you know, yes. It's just all, right. uh, no, it's well, all got on top of me. Well, you tell them that, all right? I, I have to deal with it most nights. Now, um, talking about jab or no jab, all right? And I reckon, oh, talking of jabs, I reckon Nelson the Sofa Solomona would be, he'd have a great long reach jab, wouldn't he? Don't know how he'd hold him up in the ring. Oh, he'd be good, I reckon. He's got that. Imagine him in the heavyweight division. Built. Imagine him against Gal. How would that go? I don't know if he can hold him up anyway, well, but he looks like, oh, yes, he, he did, didn't he? He did in the uh, corporate boxing challenge they did. Oh, no, there. no. Didn't he do it over in uh, Bali? Was that him? <laughs> was it? I thought you do were you doing about a real one. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do remember. What I was that all? seem to remember him getting suspended. Yeah, did he? Big Nelson. No, I thought he got a little, um, little slap, rack on the on the wrist. slap on the wrist. Uh, was I can't remember. Yeah, right. I remember a motorbike or a Moped or something involved. I it was outside of a security guard. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. I think there might have been that language of love involved too. Was there? Really? I think there might have been. Was there? <laughs> so, well, allegedly. <laughs> was there not little brown paper bag? I, 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 I Maybe I'm, I shouldn't without, say that. I, couldn't I comment thought there might knowing. have been. Oh, yeah. Oh, my memory's a bit sketchy on this one. I thought there might have been. Um, a little payment because someone might have been injured just to help him out with his... I'm not quite sure. Okay, I won't go down that track then. I think I'm right, though. Uh, Nelson Asofa Solomon. So no jab, no play. Well, he's not jabbed. Is he going to play? So Melbourne Storm, they've got that problem to deal with. He can't He can't set foot inside Amy Park. And last I checked, Amy Park was his, his home place of employment. So good luck, Nelson. David Riccio. Um, he had his thoughts on this uh, today. They return to training next week, uh, and Nelson at this point in time is refusing to have the COVID-19 vaccination. Now, under the Victorian government rules, no, no athlete, and this is a large reason why the AFL mandated vaccinations, because 
under the under the government protocols, no athlete can train inside a stadium or a training facility. So it made sense for the AFL just to mandate it if their teams can't even train. So this is where the Melbourne Storm sit. Uh, and look, uh, talking to Storm officials last night, they remain hopeful. They remain hopeful that Asafa Solomona will get the vaccination. But at the same time, Bossy, it will delay his return to training because he needs two jabs. He needs two jabs, and obviously there's a time frame between those two jabs. So uh, in the short term, there's hope, but in the long term, Vossi, there's no guarantee. There's David Riccio talking with Vossi. Breakfast with Vossi this morning. Uh, David uh, Riccio of the Daily Telegraph. And, yeah, okay, fair, fair play. They are hopeful that Nelson Asifa Solomona will get the double jab. Um, but they're hoping. Well, what if he doesn't, though? What if he doesn't get the jab? Well, then Melbourne, they have to deal with all these problems. So they're going to have a clean zone and a dirty zone or a, a Category A player and a Category B player. Um, the Category B player, I don't know if you read the paper today, and I haven't got it here in front of me, but my goodness, I tell you what, the restrictions on the Category B player, i.e. he that won't jabbed, get jabbed, they have to wear masks at all times. Um, they can't go out to any cafes or restaurants or bars or anything like that. They have to pretty much stay at home unless it's uh, for reasons of medical or to get food or anything like that. Um, and a whole heap, a raft of other restrictions that are placed on them. And when I read through these t- today, there's a list of about 10 bullet points. I thought, mm. oh, my Lord. Well, no, here, here's my arm. Roll up the sleeve. Go. <laughs> Stick that pin in me right now. I mean, I really don't get it. But again, I, I don't make, mean to make light of it. I get I get people's rights and I understand you have freedoms. And uh, I think a lot of this is more not so much down to religious or cultural beliefs, but some of the world's best sportsmen and women um, don't like being told what to do. Novak Djokovic, he won't reveal his stance really on whether he's vaxxed or not vaxxed. He just doesn't want to be told to have to reveal his vaccination status. And that's more of a on principle, I, I think. Um, Quentin de Kock are changing the subject, all right? And I know, you know, these are two very, very, very different things. But again, I think it's down to principle. Now, Quentin de Kock, he's not a racist. And I think if you read his statement after refusing to take the knee a couple of days ago, you'll understand that what he's been through, there's no way in the world he's got a racist bone in his body, I don't think, right? But it wasn't a fact that he didn't want to take the knee because he wasn't prepared to support the Black Life Matters movement, but it was he did not want to be told by a sporting governing body what to do. So it's a bit about principle and, and some of these uh, you know, athletes just, I don't know, I don't know, not wanting to be told by anyone on how they need to conduct their lives. Um, Big brother, I guess, Mm. stepping in, encroaching one's own freedoms. Um, I don't know. Anyway, um, I said I don't want to get political, and I don't. Um, Now, let's uh, stay with Rugby League, shall we? Uh, 0457 736 736 is the the text line. Uh, Friday night, you're bound to be cracking a couple by now, whether they be lemonades or... Or Bundy's, or like I do, I have like well, it's not a shandy. Oh, I'm accused of having a shandy. It, it is a it's shandy. A, it's a lager Chris. top. I, I like a schooner with a dash of lemonade, right? 
You can laugh all you want. I'm all just right? pointing out it is. You a can shame. laugh all you want. That's okay. You do yourself a favour, as Molly might say. Next time you go go into a pub, right after you get asked for your double vax and your ID because you don't shave yet, when you go in there, mad Russian, right? I want you promise me mm. you will get yeah a schooner of lager. I don't care what what mm. brand, just a little, not not an inch. You want just about a centimetre. Okay. And you got to put it in the bottom. Even though it's called a lager top. A lager top down the bottom. Yeah. Beautiful. I'll remember yeah. that. Okay. Too easy. All right. Do that. Uh, Toolman's been on the line. Uh, what's he got to say here? Tooley is always a bit of fun, Toolie. Hope you're well, Tooley. Um, hello, War and the Madman. Um, oh, it's just died on me. Here we go. Uh, the NRL should make the jab mandatory. Thank you. I agree. Uh, good to see Water get some runs. Tick. I agree. Hope Finch can follow. Well, he got a few, didn't he, Finchy? 30 odd. Yeah, what do you want? It was a good 70, that, 70 run opening partnership. Yeah. Being a bit harsh. Uh, yeah, let's hope the runs do continue to flow. Uh, and let's uh, beat those bloody poms. Uh, 1 a.m. 1 a.m. on Sunday. Uh, thanks, Tooley. Uh, the Bundys are pouring. Good on you, Tooley. And I don't think it needs to be a Friday for the Bundys to be pouring for Toolman. 0457 736 736. That is the text line. This is Higher Ground. And coming up to half past seven, we're here till nine o'clock. So uh, great to have you involved with the show up there. The, did you get, you got the drinks in the break for these guys up here. Right there. Yeah, well done. Well done. Well done. And uh, as I said to Mad Russian, he's he's half my age, this uh, young man in the studio. I've tipped him into to my drink. So I have a schooner of new with a dash of lemonade in it. I get some people, insecure people saying, oh, it's a shandy or Chris is drinking a shandy, a girl's drink. Or in this case, Toolman's been on the text line again. He says, uh, don't do it, mad Russian. Shandies are for old women. You've got something against old women, Tooley, as well, have you? How embarrassing even asking for one. Laugh, 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 Tooley. You stick to your Bundys, Tooley. Oh, see, I'm man enough. I don't really care what people think, all right? Well, that's very and if good I want to have a shandy... I will ask for a shandy, okay? Fine, no. good as gold, right? More and it's not a shandy; it's just a dash. <laughs> it's a lager top with the lemonade in the bottom. Uh, ben from Penrith is on the line. Evening, Ben. How are you, buddy? Good. How are you guys, mate? I'm all right. I'm just a bit fed up with people um, sort of questioning my, uh, my my taste because of what I like to drink. But anyway, not about well, me. You what know do I talk about? We all have our own individual. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah, but a vaccine status, man. Yeah. We um, the reality is, if these boys want to travel overseas, for example, to New Zealand, and Jacinda Ardern says you have to be vaccinated to come into our country, yep. Then, thank you. Sorry, I'm just going to the Macca's drive Um, then by all rights, uh, an employer can say, well, you haven't met the obligations to fulfil your contract, so therefore your contract is now null and void. Yep. And Nelson is one of the big name ones, but he's not the only one. Uh, you know, I know there's players in every club that has that. And if they're using that as a get-out-of-jail-free card, like suggested before, then that's when the NRL says, no, you cannot sign with another club until your contract with, say, Nelson, say it's got one year left, cannot be renewed or yeah. uh, you cannot sign for another club until 2023 or 2024, whatever it may be, because you cannot meet your, your, your contracted agreement to play with this team due to your personal choice. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, you know? no, and you... unless... You know, remember, um, uh, what's his name, Popolati wouldn't play on a Sunday because of his religious beliefs. And more power to him. And the club made an agreement with him, and that's Will fair Hopalati, enough. Yeah, yeah. But, yep. But in regards to, you know, if, if another player said that, and you know, say for example, the Broncos said, "No, nope, you're playing on Sunday." Well, then you know what? You either put up with it or you move on. Absolutely. There, no, well, imagine, imagine Ben, and, imagine you, you, your your job. You know, um, uh, what do you do for work? 
Well, I'm a high school teacher, so we okay. have to be vaccinated. Yeah, fine. Okay. So, so what? If, what if, okay. What if you said to your your um, headmaster or whoever the boss is there, no, uh, or headmistress, I'm not going to double vax. Um, would they have the right there to terminate your contract? I believe so. Uh, under mm. the current conditions, 100. percent mm. So yeah. there you go. Now that may change, obviously, with, with processing like that. But once again, the NRL requires you to travel overseas. We cannot control the 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 rules of what New Zealand's going to do. So if they cannot meet their contract obligations to play in a game in New Zealand or in the UK or wherever, then as a club, I, I stand by the club and say, listen, you got to move on, mate. Sorry, if you're not willing to accept these conditions yep. to allow you to take the field and represent your team that you are getting paid for, paid well for, then we'll find someone else who will. Yeah, Ben, good call, mate. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your Maccas, too, through that uh, that drive-through. Um, I, I got my kids the Maccas the other night. I don't do it that often. Um, and we like the Hungry Jackson. We like the KFC and all those others as well. But I tell you what, bloody expensive. Well, this is it? what I was going to – exactly what I was going to say. Maccas used to be a cheap meal. Yes. It's not the case no. anymore. So they're all, they're all doing touch footy, right? They're, mm. No, it's not touch footy. They're doing summer soccer. Mm. Uh, what night was this? Tuesday night, doing summer soccer. My, 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 uh, my, my boys, mm. my daughter's doing touch as well, right? So my daughter's at home, and I said, right, well, I'm running a bit short of time. I'll, do you want pizza or Macca's? Well, no, no problem there. <laughs> Bang, straight away. <laughs> so we, we pull in, and they've, you know, they've, they've worked their backsides off, the, the kids. So, yeah, here. Um, yeah, three uh, Happy Meals, whatever they're called. Or, you know, it was just a burger. They, they all yeah. had a burger and chips and a drink, right? Yeah. Then you get that as a meal. Cost you 40, 50 bucks. That was 38 bucks or yeah. something. My <laughs> God. It, you're right. It did used to be little, you know, cheap stopover. That's Not right. anymore. And oh. once upon a time, the old, do you, remember, you wouldn't remember, I don't think. Um, and they haven't gone up in line with uh, consumer price index, mm. but the soft serve ice cream, right? That used to be 30 cents. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a carve up. And there. even today, I think, you know, it, that's the best value for money in the world. Mm. Even if they're a dollar today, that's still incredible value for money. <laughs> that's definitely a loss leader. Bit of dessert. Oh, cheap dessert. And go. goes good too. Uh, why are we talking about this anyway? Why are we talking about this? Um, but anyway, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. If you want to jump on the line, you can talk soft serve. You can talk whatever you want to talk about. You can talk vax, no vax. Um, you can talk cricket. Um, and just re, I was saying before, Nelson asked for Solomona, mm. and I got, see, this is good. And this is why I'm asking you listeners out there, if I get something wrong, pick up yes. the phone or drop me a text and set me straight, okay? Because I don't know everything, unlike some people who think they know everything. I admit I do <laughs> not know everything, uh, two-fifths of everything even. But uh, David from Old Turn Gabby says, G'day, Chris, uh, the barley payment. So I was saying, did Nelson not get in a scuffle and then there was some sort of payment uh, but I'm wrong, right? Yep, got it. Hand up. Okay, I can admit it. Uh, the barley payment was for David uh, Fafita, or the payment was by David Fafita, rather. He assaulted a security guard as a pillion passenger on a moped. Uh, Big Nelson was actually suspended for two games. Mm. So you were right, Mad Russian, see? And you you say you're always right. Well, in this case, you were. Uh, which meant that he missed test matches for New Zealand. Big Nelson. Uh, he had the fight after that's Vunavalu right. was assaulted on the dance floor. Mm. Thanks, mate. For, uh, that's David from Old Turn Gabby. I grew up just around the corner from oh. uh, Old Turn Gabby. Uh, one of my best mates. Uh, I think he still lives out that way. Hawley, if he's still there at Old Old Turn Gabby. Righto. Um, keep those texts coming through as uh, well. Um, g'day, Chris. Uh, loving you on the show. 
Well, thank you. Um, who's this from? Uh, I think you need to be vaccinated to play in the NRL. This is uh, from Eric. Uh, he says, I think you need to be vaccinated to play in the NRL. If they don't, then you get terminated. Go somewhere else. Why do the fans have to do it and not the players? It doesn't make any sense. And who? And um, and it wouldn't be fair. What a total mess the NRL is. Just like how the AFL is doing it by mandating the vaccine is the best decision going forward perfectly done. Mm. Well, Eric, I agree 100% with you. I think the NRL are opening up up a can of worms. I think they're a little bit frightened of any um, illegal minefield down the down the track should they um, make players uh, not able to fulfil their, their contracts. and But they're letting the clubs sort all that mess out here. Uh, Eric goes on to say, just curious, what is the Mad Russian's real name? Why is he called that? I can't recall who he is. Uh, though, it's loving better you that both, way, Eric. Loving you both on the show. Actually, my favourite show on the SEN radio. Hey, oh, hey, we got a fan. What do you think up there? Big fan of him. See, yeah. Compliments um, get you everywhere. The mad Russian. So, Rusky, Rusky is, uh, well, well, Molchinovsky is his surname, and that's Russian for sure, I think. I never asked you, is it? You've added a Polish prefix to yeah. the end of yeah, that well, as well. You're from that part of the Suffix. world. Suffix. Yes, but from, well, my family. Russian my ancestry. Yeah, See, I could from, tell. Are from Russia. Yes. That's right. And the mad bit. Uh, I don't know, really. You don't just know. coined that in oh, March we when we started this We show. should have maybe called you the smart Russian. We can always change well, that's it. That's not by, as fun, is it? We could, de- by deed poll, <laughs> change your name. Next season, maybe. All right. Why don't we go around? Uh, and again, if you want to jump on the phone, you can. Uh, and good call, call earlier. I mean, that was just 100% right. Mm. 100% right. If yeah. you can't fulfill your obligations, like you sign this contract worth 500000 uh, we require you to do this. And one of the key things we require you to do, Mr. Warren, is come to training, uh, fulfill all the training sessions at the venue that we decide. Uh, but if you can't come into that venue because you choose not to vaccine, well, that's not really our problem, is it? Um, you know, spot on. If you you can't fulfil your contract, well, see you later. But I, I just wish the NRL had followed the AFL's lead uh, on this one. Um, football. Now, uh, Mad Russian loves his football, by the way. Um, mm. Socceroos to return home for the first time in more than two years. My goodness, it, uh, how time flies yes. when you're not having fun, when you're not having fun through COVID. I didn't realise it was that that long between drinks. So they're playing Saudi Arabia at, uh, oh, we're calling it Western Sydney Stadium in Parramatta now. So it's not Bank West. It's not Combank. It's Western Sydney Stadium, right? So that's for the AFC. The AFC don't allow any sponsors, Chris, other than their own ones. Well, they got nothing to do with what I have to say on my program. Right? So you're allowed to call it Combank Stadium. Combank, yep. And but, I'm even calling it Parramatta Stadium. But uh, the Socceroos have to call it Western Sydney. So that's November 11. Yes, and that's looking the first forward to it. match at home for the Socceroos since taking on Nepal in Canberra in October 2019. So Graham Arnold, their coach, he's urging New South Wales government officials to throw open the door to fans um, after a last start loss to Japan ended an 11-match winning streak. It was a 12-match winning streak, wasn't it? I think it might have been 12 even. Not that I know football. I'll double-check that. I reckon I could be right. I think I could be. Anyway, our fans are our best researchers. Uh, now, the stadium will be at 75% capacity. Parramatta Stadium, right? Mm. Yep, out there. Uh, Pertec Stadium. Bankwest. Combank. <laughs> all of them. All of the above. Which, yeah, which means up to 22,500 people can cheer on Arnold's men. So what's he saying there? He wants 100%, does he? Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Uh, right. Okay. Why wouldn't he? 
No, I'll right. tell you what, the sound in that stadium on Tuesday for the Matildas game. Did you go? Uh, yeah, I was out there on Tuesday. And just the noise is incredible, even with 10,000 people there. So I'm very keen to get back to it as full as possible. And, yeah, hopefully. Still with soccer, right? Sooner rather than later, yes. Still with soccer because it's your love, it's mm. your passion. My, you love your footy too. Yeah. But this is my first. This is my first love. It is, isn't it? Mm. Round ball game. Uh, now, what's this about a new final system for the A-League? So, firstly, before you talk about the new system, the current system, which has been in place, I think, through the whole? No. So, this changed um, when they started. Currently, when they got six, to 10 right? teams. So, yeah. yes. See, so, and has talk about rugby league uh, rewarding mediocrity. The A-League has done the same. We have six in our 12-team yeah. competition now. Um, but it was, it was even six in a 10 team though, wasn't it? Or six yes, in it was. Yeah. It was. So what happens is it's similar to the old rugby league system. So the bottom, so the bottom four, the top two get a buy through the first round. Yep. And the that's their reward is the a break, exactly right? right. So they get the week off, which three, probably wouldn't be as effective or meaningful in a non-contact sport. Um, or is that week no, off definitely, good? No, no, definitely a big advantage. The right. more time off okay. you have in football, especially when a lot of those clubs are playing in Asian competitions as mm. well during the year. So okay. they're generally yep. playing two or three times a week. Good. Um, so they get the week off. But instead of playing a one-off game as a grand final qualifier now, what they're doing is playing it over two legs, which is a, a very football um, sort of format. It happens in the UEFA Champions League, the biggest league. Uh, the biggest competition in club football where they'll play a, a home and an away game. You add the, combine the scores and the winner of that goes through. So I was interested to ask you, would you mm. like to see anything like that in, in rugby league? Would no. You, you don't want two legs? No. Because it prolongs the drama. It's fantastic. The week between games, the speculation and oh, well, they've uh, talk been about, about what a will wild be changed. Card, a wild card too and expanding it to, uh, you know, um, even the top ten, yeah. What? What? No. And it just further the. It's basically it has been brought in basically to further advantage Lengthen. the top two teams because they've had the week off and then you're going into two games mm. basically over the next two weeks. So it's an added bonus because on top of the extra football that you're playing, the top two teams have had that break and a more chance to make. Well, the thought is they more chance of making the grand no. final. Sorry, not for you. Not for me. Not for me. No. Well, come on. Well, I, I, Float the idea past Peter, and it'll probably happen next <laughs> probably, week. Probably that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can I ask you this? Is is why why we why change? Is it really that broken? Our, our game? No, no, no. no, no. I, I just thought it was interesting to see if you'd like yeah, to see. Nah, nah. Yeah, yeah nah. nah. You can say that it's too. It's a yeah, nah. It's a yeah, nah. It's a yeah, nah. <laughs> uh, where else do we want to go? Uh, Rugby Union, Quade Cooper, and uh, others to withdraw from the Wallaby Spring Tour. Now, this is due to their contracts in Japan, right? Mm. So, and I think it was always probably understood that they wouldn't be playing over there. Disappointing, though, that you bring Cooper back in and then. I mean, we're not back, turning back to football again, but we've had this problem a little bit. Players taking their club commitments more seriously than their commitments to their country. And mm. we're seeing it in the IPL with cricket at the moment. And obviously, Quaid is not going to be a member of the, the Wallabies team for too much longer. I mean, he's 33 mm. now. He'd been in and out of the side. He'd moved to Japan to try and get some regular... He's playing in the second division of Japanese rugby. It's mm. not even the, the top tier. So... I don't know. For me, 
I know he's got a contract and he wants to fulfil that and all that, but I don't know. The club, surely surely Quade has enough leverage in that situation to mm. say, actually, I'm going to go play three games and I'll be a couple of weeks late. Mm. Sorry, guys. All right. Hey, um, back on rugby league too. Other other big news, and yeah. not so much in, in player signings, but uh, Peter O'Sullivan. So he's, you know, he's, the, he's the recruitment guru, isn't mm. he? Been around for, for a long, long time. Um, he's left uh, the Warriors. He's been with them for, for, for a while now um, to join the Dolphins with, uh, with Wayne Bennett. Uh, but CEO Cameron George says it won't change the club's plans. O'Sullivan will shape the Dolphins roster for when they enter uh, the competition in 2023 and work with Wayne Bennett. And the Daily Telegraph is reporting that the Warriors are targeting Joey Manu and Parramatta forward Marata near Corey. So uh, I think they're going to throw everything they've got at Joey Manu. Mm. Um, and then I was reading today, you're saying, well, then, you know, he'd be able to get paid big bickies, bigger bickies to be playing in the spine. So I don't know where they want to play Manu. Maybe at mm. six. He played six and fullback for Roosters. Did a really good job, too. I thought you were a fan of him. Oh, in yeah, those sort of positions. Yeah, yeah, no, I am. Yeah. I am. I'm a fan of him anywhere, and he's a really good player. Mm. Um, so that's a, a good get, Peter O'Sullivan. Um, at, meanwhile, Melbourne Storm today, you'll probably be aware they uh, locked in their highly regarded recruitment manager, Paul Bunn. Uh, he's uh, identified a stack of talent recently. Like, you know, the young guns that Melbourne you had not even heard of mm. a couple of years ago. Your Pappenhausens, your Nico Hines and others. Your Harry Grants, I think, too. Bunn was the man. Brandon Smith. Yep. Jerome Hughes. Must know what Can he's we keep about. going? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he confirmed his commitment to the club and will remain in charge of uh, recruitment and list management at Melbourne Storm. So, you know, you, you hear about Melbourne Storm and the club is run so well and the culture and Craig Bellamy, but uh, they recruit good people too, don't they? Mm. Recruit good people and, um, and success uh, will often follow. Inevitably. So, uh, we are inevitably, did you just say, in my ear? Were you whispering that? Did no, our no, listeners no, no. hear that? Or were you talking to me? Because um, sometimes you whisper in my ear, don't you? Occasionally. You say, Chris, would you like a shandy? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, don't do it, Russian. Shandies for old women. That was Tim the Toolman. Timmy's also sent me another one uh, regarding uh, his Bundys. He said, don't worry about it, fellas. I'll buy my, I'll buy my own. He says, Hutchie's a tight ass anyway. Well, you can tell him that, Tully. I am not going to tell him that because Hutchie is my boss. Well, uh, a man with very, uh, very busy day ahead of him tomorrow is SEN Tracks Cam Luke. He'll be keeping track of the, the derby, of course, the Empire Rose, the Coolmore Stud, Cantala in Melbourne, as well as the uh, the Golden Eagle up here in Sydney. Uh, $7.5 million in prize money. Um, Cam Luke from SEN's Trackside team joins us now on higher ground. How are you, Cam? I'm well, mate. How you doing? Mate, I'm well. Um, it's you know, spring carnival time. Look, I'm not a big punter. I, I used to have a dabble, but I haven't got many fun tokens left these days. But uh, all my mates, they love the spring carnival. I know you love it too. Uh, a terrific day last year, wasn't it? Even without crowds, um, uh, with Dennis Pagan and Johnny Get angry winning the derby. Um, so what, what have we got, 5,000 or a bit more allowed through this year at Flemington? Any stories looming that, that, like that one? Couple of big stories, of course. Just over five thousand. You mentioned last year. We were we were lucky and very privileged enough to be on track last year with about fifty people all up. So it was a very eerie feeling to be at Flemington and and seeing all that stuff and the emotion of it. Of course, Dennis Pagan, Johnny Get Angry, who will see run on Tuesday in the Melbourne Cup. Lockie King, whose dad Stephen had won everything as a as a jockey, and he's going to try and do what he did on Tuesday and win a Melbourne Cup. But 
Um, there, there are stories left, right and centre. I think there's one really interesting one brewing tomorrow in the Victoria Derby. It's a horse um, that we talk a fair bit about as a very talented horse. It's called Hitotsu. Now, it's not coming from a stable that uh, struggles in Mara and Eustace, but it is doing something a little bit different, going from the mile to the 2,500 metres. hasn't had a run in between since the Caulfield Guineas, which is the best form race uh, traditionally for these type of horses. So um, while, while I won't exactly have the emotion of last year, Hitotsu for me is one to be very hard to beat. The Victoria Derby where barrier draws play a huge part and the favourite gunstock has been drawn uh, on the second outside gate. I think mm. gate 17 will jump from. So that'll be the big thing for gunstock. But it's just, for, like, I, I, I'm excited because we're allowed back on track and there's going to be people there, which is one thing. But I am slightly jealous that I'm not going to be there for the Golden Eagle because my favourite horse right now in the country yeah. is I'm Thunderstruck. Yeah. And uh, I love the Everest. I love what Peter Volandis does. And I know a lot of Victorians don't like him and they think that he's trying to take away from, from racing in Victoria. But I love it. I love it as a punter. I love it as a horse racing fan. And I love the Golden Eagle. And I love I'm Thunderstruck at around the $4 mark to absolutely bolt in tomorrow. And... Um, Put a nice bit of uh, cash in the back pocket for Price, Kent Jr., Hugh Bowman. Not that he needs it. No. Uh, and all his connections. Okay. Well, you're heavy on that. You're really heavy. I heavy. Like, I like the enthusiasm in your I, voice. I, I, I'll tell you how heavy I am. I have mm. backed him already to win next year's Cox Plate. Jeez. All right. That's, okay. how, that's how much of a superstar I think he was. All right. I and, think he is. He was, and he was huge in the two rack and he'll do it tomorrow. All right. Well, okay. I'm going to follow that. Now, uh, in fairness to Vlandis, et cetera, this isn't Sydney v Melbourne. I think there's proof, isn't no. there, that, that um, you know, the, the two can coexist with uh, big events up here and big events down there without taking the gloss off either. And it's probably attracting more more putters to the market um, and more, more eyeballs on the sport, I think. The Empire Rose, uh, Cam, that's uh, the first group one tomorrow. Uh, what's going to be the story of that race? I think the story of that race will be um, the Tasmanians. Oh, still a star is a, is a star on the rise, and Mystic Journey's been a star and is a star. And Tasmania are obviously in a situation where they can't, uh, you know, all the owners, all the trainers, they can't leave the state, so they send the horses over. It's happened a little bit uh, with Sydney, although that's opened up a little bit in the last couple of weeks. But the Tasmanians have had to send over two really good horses, and now we see a situation where they've got a chance, one of them, to win a race. Mystic Journey should have won it 12 months ago, and bad luck robbed her but I, I think Tofane in that race she she stepped up to the mile in the in the two racks she only just got her own gender and I, I think Tofane and I know it's not exactly a situation that people love because favorite backers but I think she'll be too good tomorrow over the mile but it's a really good race all right we just lost you there for a moment Tofane all right uh for the three-year-olds the Coolmore stud uh in the Congo has gained a lot of headlines for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott but Extreme Warrior uh I think will start at favorite I think he will. He was brilliant in the Blue Sapphire a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he sat on the back of Profiteer, which is too strong. The big question will be, though, where he goes in the run. It's, it's always interesting when a lot of these young horses go down the straight for the first time. They look for a rail occasionally. You know, it's, it's different straight racing to, to a bend where so many of them are educated. An extreme worry. If John McNeil follows the outside, we're in the Congo, which is going to be a fair bit of pace in the race, a Kalos. Uh, home Affairs, a, a New South Wales horse that ran in the Everest. They'll, they'll be the horses to follow. They're the ones that take them out. So Extreme Warrior gets on the back of one of them. 
he's going to be the one to beat. But I'm, I'm, I'm all about in the Congo. Mm. I, we went to Golden Rose, beat Animo. Like, there's no better form than mm. beating Animo. He goes back to the 1,200. I think he's perfectly suited. He's gone under the radar just a little bit because Extreme Warrior was so great a couple of weeks ago. But in the Congo, for me, I think wins the Coolmore in a race that is by far the best of the day. Jeez, again, I'm hearing enthusiasm in your voice, Cam. <laughs> I, um... I, I'm really confident about tomorrow, mate. I, I, have, I, I, I touched wood last year, Derby days, and I don't expect tomorrow to be any different. All right, we keep, we, you keep dropping out on me. I hope you don't drop out tomorrow. Now, listen, the Cantala over the mile, uh, what's the story behind Mr. Brightside into his four-year-old season? Um, six wins in a row. We'll start favourite. Um, you with him or not? No, I'm not. He's been really through his race, but I'm with the horse at $19, Quantum Mechanic. He ran fourth in the two-rack. I'm big on Tafane. I'm big on I'm Thunderstruck, and he was only two two lengths off, off him in the two-rack. So for me, $19, I think he is. I'm going to back Quantum Mechanic, but I think he's but for his uh, punters out there, always gamble responsibly. I think there's one at odds that's going to run a huge Cantala. Quantum Mechanic. All right. Um, finally, mate, because I think we are losing. You, you're dropping out a, a bit. Finally, the Golden Eagle. So we've spoken about that. It has created a fair bit of chatter up here in, in Sydney as well. Um, elongating Sydney's Spring Carnival, I guess. Mick Price and Mick Kent Jr. with the favourite here as well with uh, I'm Thunderstruck. So you are very, very keen. We, we go over it again, and, and I reckon it's almost one of your be- one of your best for the day, is it? Best of the day, I'm Thunderstruck. Absolutely no doubt it wins. Couldn't be any more excited to see what he does. I couldn't believe earlier in the week that some of the corporates were still allowing me to back it at $4.50. <laughs> I think he'll get run of the race from that gate. Hugh Bowman's a freak, as we know, and I, I mean that in the most positive way. So when he wins tomorrow, mate, I'm going to buy myself a new phone because I've had phone issues all week, so I do apologise I'm dropping in and out. Yeah. I'm smack bang in the middle of Burke Street as Melbourne starts <laughs> to reopen up as well. But uh, right. I'm thunderstruck, wins tomorrow, and we'll go from there. All right, mate. I bought a new phone today as well, but I can't work the bloody <laughs> thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, I, I, I'm thunderstruck. Mate, I'm, I'm sure when I get a new one. What's too short, though? What's too short to stay off I'm thunderstruck? Look, I, I've, I've got a theory when backing winners, nothing's okay. too short. But, uh, Mark, I think there's a couple of imports in there. Maximal, of course. Uh, private eye, not an import, but he won the won the Epson a couple of weeks ago, so he'll have supporters as well. And and the Sydney siders and New South Wales punters will will probably dive into him. So uh, I think he'll probably start about three ten, three twenty. But uh, don't be scared off by the price. You got four fifty. All right, well done, Cam Luke. Thanks very much for joining us, mate. On on higher ground. Happy punting tomorrow. All right, well, time now to uh, to talk a bit of cricket. And, gee, there's stacks of cricket around, isn't there? Obviously, the T20 World Cup and uh, plenty of Sheffield Shield. Um, and it's great to have cricket nut and uh, what else do we call you? All-round sports nut, really. Uh, Lachlan McCurdy on the line. Lachlan is a, a content provider for News Corp. Um, fresh off three days of watching Sheffield Shield cricket, I, I believe. Lockie, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us. Oh, it is great to be here, Chris. Thank you so much. I've, I've spent the day down at Jamoin Oval. It was absolutely, well, you wouldn't say beautiful. The weather was windy. It was very blustery down there, but it was a, a sunny day for the most part. Nice and warm. It feels like summer's here, especially when you're watching cricket in person. It just feels so much better. Oh, does it what? It's balmy, balmy in Sydney. Um, very balmy. It feels like we're in the middle of winter. We'll talk more about the Sheffield yeah. Shield in a moment, mate. Um, did you manage to squeeze in four hours of Australia beating Sri Lanka overnight? Look, I didn't necessarily do it overnight. I did get up early this morning and watch the replay, though. I, I just couldn't quite get my sleep pattern to work out yeah. to, to get up for the one o'clock start. But 
Look, it was an important game for Australia. They got their this tournament underway with an, a, a crucial win over South Africa, and they had to get the job done against Sri Lanka. And look, we got the job done, but we also got a huge boost in terms of really a good return to form for David Warner, which was nice to see, and Aaron Finch. So, yeah, it was fantastic to see. I think a good result all around. It's funny, isn't it, how um, you know, one performance uh, or a couple of good performances in the case of Finch and Davey Warner, it, it sort of it puts the critics at bay just for a while, doesn't it? They were all mm. um, prepared to um, you know, even suggest that changes need to be made pronto at the top of the order, but they've certainly both bought themselves, a, well, not, not a bit more time. I, I think they're almost immovable in the, um, in the immediate future. I definitely tend to agree. I mean, looking at the innings, Finch was far from convincing in that first over. He had a couple of LB shouts that, that were clearly not out, but clearly struck on the pads. But there was one on drive that when you see him get his feet moving, you know that Finch has got his eye in. So that's what you like to see. Davey was the same. I mean, a reverse sweep when he was on one to hit a boundary. If that goes anywhere else, he could almost be out. But yeah. it goes for and he, he gets to 65. A really impressive score considering his uh, lack of runs in recent times. Good strike rate, 65. But it's funny too, isn't it? Like, you know, we're all sitting here today and, and I see the headline Warner back to uh, Schwash swashbuckling best, if that's the right terminology. Um, but he was given a life, wasn't he? He, he? he could have been gone on 18, I think it was. Mm, it, it, it's what I think we come to expect from Warner, that because he, of his aggressive nature, he's going to give up those chances. And look, we've just got to be thankful that he, he didn't go because this was the sort of innings he needed to provide a platform for the rest of the tournament. And it, that's what happens with T20 cricket, that there's all these chances that are going to come and go so quickly. And if you don't take them, the game moves so fast that you're going to regret it. And that's what Sri Lanka did in the end. Mm. Our bowling attack was much discussed going into this tournament, um, which is a good thing because we've got such depth mm. there. Uh, Hazelwood, Stark, Cummins and Zampa seems to be the preferred quartet with Maxwell and Stoinis chiming in. Um, you think that's the best approach? I think for now, what we've seen throughout the first two games, that they're not going to make any changes, obviously, on the back of two wins. Obviously, Zampa was particularly impressive. Took two for 12 in his four overs and just kept the run rate down impressively. And again, it's weird when you talk about one of Australia's most decorated T20 bowlers, but he does seem almost underrated in that regard, that while we know that he can take wickets, his ability to just keep the run rate down has been so impressive, especially in that sort of, that those middle overs after the power play. And yeah, I guess above that, Mitch Stark, again, kind of, it was interesting. He got hit by Cusar Pereira for six. Next ball, bowls a brilliant Yorker to get him out. It was hit and miss, but considering we weren't even sure if he was going to play, it was fantastic to see him get two wickets. Pat Cummins with two wickets as well. And Hazelwood, miserly as usual in the early overs. So I, I think the balance is there. It'll be interesting to see against maybe some of the other teams, maybe against like an England where the Agar comes back into the side. But... Maxwell and Stoinis were a bit expensive against Sri Lanka, so obviously uh, the four key bowlers are, are going to be crucial for Justin Langer and his team going forward. Well, going forward, our, our biggest test, it's, it's tomorrow night, or well, to be precise, 1am Sunday morning against <laughs> England. The first ball is at 1am. Um, how, how good is this English side, do you think? Look, they're very good. I mean, West Indies were a team that many people thought could win this tournament, and 
they absolutely rolled over the West Indies and they looked so dominant in that first match. I think a part of that was maybe poor performance by the West Indies, but it was just absolutely clinical from England. I mean, they've got such a well-balanced side. They've had such a well-balanced white ball side for so long now. It's why they won the, the one-day World Cup over in England and it's why they're heavy favourites for this tournament, you have to think, and especially out of this group. And look, Australia are in a very good position being two wins and no losses from their two games, as are England. And I don't necessarily think this will be the game that decides who goes through, but if Australia can somehow snatch a win from this game, it's almost guaranteed that they're going to go through from the group stages. Mm. Yeah, it's a huge game, isn't it? Now, obviously, it'll be a different squad coming out for the Ashes for England. But mm. if England do go on and win this tournament, which you know looks like a fairly good case that they might, uh, you think that form will, will carry into the, the Test Series down here? Undoubtedly, I think. I mean, for the most part, as you mentioned, there are differences in the squads. But if you come off any sort of tournament win, that's going to give you a huge boost in morale. And especially when you're coming to Australia for their their big Ashes series that there's been so much talk about. They'll be in great spirits with Ben Stokes coming to the squad with the likes of um, oh, Joe Root to join Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Broad, all, Stuart Broad rather, all fresh. If they can come to Australia off the back of a T20 World Cup victory, yeah, look out because that would be a squad full of confidence ahead of a five-test match series. All right, turn our attention to uh, to Sheffield Shield. You've been, I think, a regular at Dremoyne Oval, haven't you, the last three mm. three days? How are New South Wales travelling against Victoria? Look, they're certainly in a, a tough position. I mean, on the first day's play, they bowled Victoria out for 199, and it, it looked quite positive. Sean Abbott with six wickets, Cam Sanger, the young leg-spinning debutant, also picked up three. It looked like a really good position, but a, a pretty... Disappointing batting performance yesterday. Saw New South Wales all out for 151. And that 48-run lead, we weren't sure how crucial it would be. But, wow, what an incredible partnership from Marcus Harris and Peter Hanscom today. 261 runs they put on together in really warm conditions down at Jermoyne. It got up to 34-35 at various points. Wind was blowing a gale down there off the river and... Yeah, it was just a remarkable innings from both of them. Harris finished with 137, Pete Hanscom on 115, and Victoria, I, I thought they might declare a bit earlier, but I think they're fairly confident that they can do the job against this New South Wales batting lineup. Uh, New South Wales are one for 33 at the end of day three, Dan Hughes falling, falling late in the day. So New South Wales will need 306 runs to win on day four on Saturday. Um, I reckon skipper Curtis Patterson is going to be the key man there to, to try and salvage something. I think it is a good batting deck, but it's going to be important for whoever gets in to stay in for a little bit because, as we saw from Harrison Hanscom, that once you're in, it can be pretty hard for the bowlers to find a breakthrough. All right. Um, I'm talking to Lockie McCurdy, by the way, of Code Sports. He also um, provides content for, for News Limited. Up in Queensland, Lockie, uh, Usman Kawaja has found form again in Shield cricket, what was 174? Was it in a monster innings against uh, South Australia, um, and 119 against Tasmania yesterday? There is sort of a push, isn't there, for maybe Aussie to come back and open the batting with David Warner if Will Pekoski is um, likely to be out. Good idea or not? I I'm I'm a huge fan of Usman Khawaja, and we've seen that he's in form at the moment. Uh, for me, I'm still be leaning towards Marcus Harris as the incumbent um, in terms of the first test. Anyway, I, I'd love to see Usman Khawaja around the squad. I, I even think it could be a possibility about 
down the order in that number five spot. And of course, if he is picked to open, I think he'd do a fantastic job. But in terms of the Australian side and where it's set up at the moment, I think Usman is maybe just that rung below Marcus Harris, just because Harris has runs on the boards in terms of he went over and had a fantastic county season for Leicestershire. He just scored a century in the Sheffield Shield against New South Wales. And yeah, he's looking in pretty good nick as, and as, in, as the incumbent from that fourth test at the Gabba against India last year. I think he just has the edge over Usman Khwaja at the moment, unless Khwaja can really ram the door down. Yeah, that, that's how I see it playing out at the moment. Mm. Uh, Stumps day three there too, by the way. Uh, that match is in Townsville, isn't it? Uh, Queensland mm. and Tasmania. Tasmania need another uh, 311 runs with nine wickets remaining uh, on the final day. All right, mate. Uh, I appreciate you jumping on the line, joining us on higher ground. Uh, away from cricket, you were at the Matildas game Tuesday as well. What, what was it like? Oh, it was fantastic. I, I managed to get to both the games on Saturday and Tuesday, and uh, the atmosphere was fantastic. It was full of people who were just itching here in Sydney to watch some live sport. I mean, we got 15,000 on Saturday, 12,000 on Tuesday, and I had fantastic seats right next to the, the Brazilian fan contingent, and boy, they made noise for the whole 90 minutes. They were absolutely wonderful to be a part of and brought some of that South American flair that you see in football games over there to Australia. So... Yeah, it was fantastic to see the Matildas back here in action. Sam Kerr was brilliant scoring that goal. Ellie Carpenter, another uh, incredible player who's doing amazing things in Europe. Fantastic to see them back on Australian soil after, I think, over a year and a half. So great to see them back. Socceroos will be back in a month as well. So, yeah, plenty of great football to look forward to as well. Yeah, absolutely. Mate, enjoy your weekend. Lockie, thanks for joining us on Higher Ground. Thank you, Chris. Well, you know the deal. Uh, we are in the home straight here. That just about does it for me and the uh, the smart Russian. Uh, I'll be back in the chair on midday on Sunday for Sports Central. You know the drill up there. You enjoyed your time here, haven't you? You've, they've had the, had their drinks. They've had a good time in here in the in the studio. And uh, oh my God. <laughs> sounds like they've had more than a couple of drinks. I'll see you again on Sunday. Thanks to the Mad Russian. Thanks to everyone that's been a part of the show. Until Sunday, take care. Keep smiling.